This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America in Houston, Texas. Please join us for worship Sundays at 10 a.m. Visit us online at holytrinityrec.org. Find us on Facebook as Holy Trinity Houston, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram as Holy Trinity REC. Enjoy the sermon. Uh, the sermon is one of the homilies that was uh, given to the, uh, that was from the prayer book back in the 1500s and stuff where they, uh, uh, the early part of the Reformation. And so the language of it is, was quite uh, different. And the sentence structure, the syntax, and the way they spoke then was different. So I got this, and I've tried to put it in as best as I can a, a modern, you know, uh, language. I sent it to Father Carl, and he said it, it was okay. I didn't mess up any of the, the theology in it. But it, it's, uh, it's just, it was hard to read. Uh, if you ever read, tried to read one of these things, you'd understand. But <clears throat> I'm just going to read one of this sermon. Uh, today's sermon is on the salvation of mankind from sin and death everlasting by Christ our Savior. Because all of us are sinners and offenders against God and breakers of his law and commandments, none of us by his own acts, works, and deed seem they never so good can be justified and made righteous before God. But every one of us, by necessity, is constrained to seek for another righteousness or justification to be received at God's own hand. That is to say, the forgiveness of our sins and trespasses and such things as we have offended. And this justification or righteousness which we receive by God's mercy and Christ's merits, embraced by faith, is taken, accepted, and allowed by God for our perfect and full justification. For the more full understanding of this, it is our part and duty to always remember the great mercy of God, how that all the world being wrapped in sin by breaking of the law, God sent his only son, our Savior Christ, into this world to fulfill the law for us and by shedding of his most precious blood to make a sacrifice and satisfaction or, as it may be called, amends to his Father for our sins to assuage his wrath and indignation conceived against us for our sins. The efficacy of Christ's passion and oblation, insomuch that infants, being baptized and dying in their infancy, are by this sacrifice washed from their sins, brought to God's favor and made his children and inheritors of his kingdom of heaven, as well as those who in act or deed do sin after their baptism, when they turn again to God unfeignedly, they are likewise washed by this sacrifice from their sins, so that there remains not any spot of sin that shall be imputed to their damnation. This is that justification or righteousness which St. Paul speaks of when he said, No man is justified by the works of the law, but freely by faith in Jesus Christ. And again he said, we believe in Jesus Christ, that we be justified freely by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, because that no man shall be justified by the works of the law. 
That's from Galatians 2.16. And although this justification is free to us, yet it comes not so freely unto us that there is no ransom paid at all. And some may say that uh, it, it's bewildering to man's reason. Uh, they, they reason that if a ransom is paid for our redemption, then it's not given to us freely. For a prisoner that paid his ransom is not let go freely. For if he goes freely, then he goes without ransom. For what else is, is it to go freely than to be set at liberty without paying a ransom? The answer is that this, rans this reason is satisfied by the great wisdom of God in this mystery of our redemption, who has so tempered his justice and mercy together that he would neither by his justice condemn us to the everlasting captivity of the devil and his prison of hell without remedy forever, without mercy, nor by his mercy deliver us clearly without justice or payment of a just ransom. But with his endless mercy, he joins his most upright and equal justice. His great mercy he showed unto us in delivering us from our former captivity, without requiring of any ransom to be paid or amends to be made by us, which thing would be impossible for us to do. And where, as it lay not in us to do that, he provided a ransom for us, that was the most precious body and blood of his own most dear and beloved son, Jesus Christ, who besides this ransom fulfilled the law for us perfectly. And so the justice of God and his mercy did embrace together and fulfill the mystery of our redemption. And it is this justice and mercy of God knit together that St. Paul speaks of in the third chapter to the Romans all have offended and have need of the glory of God, but are justified freely by his grace, by redemption which is in Jesus Christ, whom God has sent forth to us for a reconciler and peacemaker, through faith in his blood, to show his righteousness. And in the 10th chapter, Christ is the end of the law unto righteousness to every man that believes. And in the 8th chapter, that which was impossible by the law, inasmuch as it was weak by our flesh, God sending his own son in the similitude of sinful flesh, by sin damned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. In these verses, the apostle touches specifically three things which must go together in our justification. Upon God's part, his great mercy and grace. Upon Christ's part, justice, that is, the satisfaction of God's justice or the price of our redemption by the offering of his body and the shedding of his blood with fulfilling of the law perfectly and thoroughly. And upon our part, true and lively faith in the merits of Christ, which yet is not ours, but by God's working in us. So that in our justification, it is not only God's mercy and grace, but also his justice, which, is, which the apostle calls the justice of God, and it consists in paying our ransom and fulfilling of the law. And so the grace of God does not shut out the justice of God in our justification, 
but only shuts out the justice of, that is to say, the justice of our works, as to be means of deserving our justification. And therefore, St. Paul declares here nothing upon the behalf of man concerning his justification, but only a true and lively faith, which nevertheless is the gift of God, and not man's only work without God. And yet that faith does not shut out repentance, hope, love, dread, and the fear of God to be joined with faith in every man that is justified, but it shuts them out from the office of justifying. How is it then to be understood, justifying without works? Although they are all present together in him that is justified, yet they justify not altogether, nor the faith also does not shut out the justice of our good works that are to be done afterwards out of duty towards God. For we are most bounden to serve God in doing good deeds commanded by him in his holy scripture all the days of our life. But it excludes them so that we may not do them to this intent in order to be made good by doing them. For all the good works that we can do are imperfect and therefore not able to deserve our justification. But our justification does not come freely by the mere mercy of God and of so great and free mercy that whereas all the world was not able of their selves to pay any part towards their ransom. It pleased our Heavenly Father of his infinite mercy without any of our desert or deserving to prepare for us the most precious jewels of Christ's body and blood whereby our ransom might be fully paid, the law fulfilled, and his justice fully satisfied, so that Christ is now the righteousness of all those who truly believe in him. He, for them, paid their ransom by his death. He, for them, fulfilled the law in his life, so that now in him and by him, every true Christian may be called a fulfiller of the law, for as much as that which their infirmity lacked, Christ's justice has supplied. Amen.